The following talk was given at Mile High Church in Lakewood, Colorado. Please visit our website at milehighchurch.org. Well, it's been an interesting time, uh, a time of uh, embracing it all, all the different experiences and feelings, and rather than resisting it or trying to numb it out, just lean into it and walk on. And so that brings us to the series theme for these two Sundays, when it's time to get on with it. When it's time to get on with it. You know, for each and every one of us, there comes those times when a deep knowing surfaces, soul realizations, that it's time to take next steps. That it's time to let go of clinging and resisting and to move forward toward our greater yet to be. In the Bible, uh, it asks a question, how long will you waver between two opinions? And really, how long will we? It's real common to waver. To waver between the guiding light of the soul and the resistance and the fear in us and all around us. And often we just decide in the face of all that to stay pat. And yet there's this haunting sense that somehow something greater was calling. And it's still calling and we haven't yet gone. Haven't yet gone there. So today in part one of these series it's about trusting the yes, the yes to indeed move forward to embark upon that wonderful path, trusting the yes. One of the greatest gifts of this incredible life-transforming teaching is the realization that there's a divine seed in every one of us. And from that divine seed, there is this continuous urge to unfold and to reveal more of what is implicate within this divine seed and to say yes to that but isn't it amazing um, how easy it is not to agree with that and and not to align with it to think to come to think that we're static beings when the universe has designed us to be dynamic beings ever unfolding dynamic beings Garrison Keillor, who produced uh, and starred in the uh, Prairie Home Companion, a radio show, I like what he says. They say such nice things about people at their funerals that it makes me sad to realize that I'm going to miss mine by just a few days. (laughs) A lot of folks, it's not just about missing their funeral, it's about missing out on the, the magnificence of the ever-unfolding journey of their lives, living in a kind of a deadness in their life. Uh, Thinking life is about sameness and status quo in this life and holding on. Isn't it amazing how much we can turn our backs, how easily we turn away from that which is obviously done in our lives, that which is obviously over, has played itself out, how we can turn on that. And try to make do with what is. Uh, in my book, This Life is Joy, I have a little section quoting a Native American wisdom, and I thought it easier to read it and write it down here. In the tribal wisdom of the Lakota, there's a saying, if you discover that the horse you are riding has died, it is best to dismount. <laughs> and then I ask, where in your life are you riding a dead horse? Is it because of some paranoia about change? Understand, there's no need to whip a dead horse, no need to pray for the horse to be resurrected, no need to try to convince yourself or others that the horse is just napping. 
No need to hire a consultant to figure out why the horse can't get moving. And no need to call your friends together yet again to complain about the dead horse. How about getting off it and getting on with things in our lives? (laughs) So I feel like today, I know I'm called and I invite you to consider that we're called to take a look at our trusting. Our trusting. Because here's where we can falter. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that it's a rarity for us to witness in ourselves or others standing in a wholehearted, full-out trust. And I think we need to own that so that we know the pitfalls. Because you see, it's so easy to give our power away elsewhere. We give our power away, instead of trusting, to our fears. We give our power away to our attachments. We give our power away to the status quo, even if it's awful. We give our power away to the opinions of others. We give our power away to the misgivings of the fearful ego. We give our power away to our successes, past or present. Moreover, we give our power uh, away to our old defeats and our old failures, our old setbacks, our old wounds. And in so doing, we come to the conclusion, well, maybe it's best not to rock the boat. And in so doing, we deny our heart. And we keep riding a dead horse. So I want to get personal here with you. I want to ask you, where in your life is it not working? And where does it feel in your life like you're stuck? Treading water, not evolving. That's where it's time to get on with it. That's where it's time for trusting the yes. The yes. Yes, I'll get into recovery. Yes, I'll open my heart finally and let others in. Yes, I'll go beyond simply paying lip service to this life-transforming teaching and just listening to it, and I'll engage in it. I'll get into the classes. I'll do the inner work. I'll cultivate the consciousness, and I'll see the miracle power work in my life. I'm not going to be on the sidelines anymore. I'm going to say yes to that. Yes to healing and finally forgiving a, a chasm or a resentment in life. Yes to honoring your voice and to speaking your mind. Yes to moving out of unfulfilling situations, job paths, career paths. Yes to moving beyond a dysfunctional relationship. Yes, trusting your yes. Where in your life is it time to get on with it? Now listen, I can tell you for sure it can be scary to both identify it and to get on with it. It can be. But I love what Joseph Campbell said, the cave you fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. The cave you fear to enter holds the treasure that you seek. Now, a couple of years ago when it became clear to me it was time and I designed this lengthy, somewhat intricate transition process. Uh, 
I knew it was incredibly difficult. And I, I sometimes got weak within it. And, and I sometimes wanted to toss in the towel and, and hang in for longer. But something said, no, there's something more. And you need to prepare for it while at the same time supporting your beloved Mile High Church. And that was, it was, for me, an excruciatingly difficult decision. And it opened up an even wider array of feelings. I mean, my gosh, after 43 years in the pulpit ministry and, and then 25 years uh, as senior minister at this beloved place that transformed my life when I was 14 years old, Mile High Church, um, it was incredibly difficult. And yet... I knew it was time. And so what I want to share in the remainder of this message are some things that really they're not new discoveries because I've known these things. And yet I want to share with you some things that are deepening in me because I think that they can help you when you finally agree that it's time to get on with it. And so the first of these is an ever deeper knowing that the universe supports our growth and our boldness. The universe supports our boldness and our intention to grow. Now, there are times when we don't always sense that the universe is supporting us when things get difficult, and yet the truth is the universe delights in us expressing more of our God-given potential, uh, in heeding the call to newness, to expansion in our lives. And what we get to learn through our experience is that we can never get beyond the divine givingness. The divine givingness never is turned off. The divine givingness is with us even in the difficult times. The abundance of the divine can flow. But we're a part of that happening. And to illustrate this, I really want to share, remind you of one of humanity's greatest basket cases. And that's Moses. Now, you may remember that, that the Pharaoh put out this edict that all the boys, the Israelite boys, were to be killed. And so Moses' mother put him in that reed basket, remember, and floated him down the river. Uh, and then the, the Pharaoh's daughter discovered him and decided to raise him along with the support of a Jewish uh, nursemaid. And so he grew up and he became very powerful and important in the court of the Pharaoh until uh, he, killed an Israel, uh, he killed an Egyptian soldier who was uh, belittling and uh, uh, putting down an Israelite. And then he had to flee. He had to flee. But later on, God would come to Moses and say, by the way, I've decided that you're the one who is going to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt and to the promised land. And Moses replied in a way that most of us do when the inner voice says, hey, you're, there's got some great stuff here for you. And Moses said, well, who am I to do that? And God said, who are you not to do that? I said, you're going to do it and I'm going to be with you. Would that the voice of the divine were that matter of fact with us. <laughs> who are you not to embrace your dream? Who are you not to honor the impulse to change even if you don't know what's going to happen with that? Who are you not to? You're my child. You're my energy. Go forth. And I'm going to be with you, by the way. So Moses did a bunch of other stuff. The story's long, and I'm not going to that stuff. But finally, he does lead the children of Israel out into the wilderness. And then after a little while, they run out of food and water, and then all the people began to complain. I guess they journeyed so far out into the desert that they were beyond all the Whole Foods and Starbucks out there. <laughs> but can you really journey beyond a Starbucks? Can you really? I don't know. I don't know if that's really possible. 
At any rate, they got way out there. But then God sent manna from heaven so they could eat that. But there was still no water. And so God said to Moses, go to the rock at Horeb and take your staff. The same staff that Moses had used previously to divide the waters of the Red Sea so that the children of Israel could get through it. Take your staff and tap it upon the rock and you'll have water. So Moses said that rain would have been a good alternative. No, he just said, all right, I'll go do that. And they, he went and he tapped on the rock and the water flowed forth. Now this to me is deceptively powerful. It's archetypal. There's some deep spiritual wisdom in this. First of all, the rock. I believe that this rock, the rock symbolizes all of the places we think are so dense and so lifeless. The hard and cold places and experiences. The hard and cold experiences both in our inner life and that we encounter in our life where we think that they're devoid of God, devoid of light, devoid of love. And yet the message is there's no place devoid of the light and the love and the givingness of the divine. Moses had the wherewithal following that guidance of God to tap upon that and to call forth the flow. Moses means in Bible symbology, the one who draws forth. The one who draws forth. And so he tapped on that which seemed to have nothing to offer and found that it had everything to offer. Now, where in your life are you encountering something that seems dense, nothing to offer, an obstacle, a troubling person, a situation that you think is so awful? And the human mind senses, well, there's no good there. There's no God there. There's no options, no possibility there. But maybe if we assume the role of the Moses to be an evocateur, to evoke the hidden God potential, the light indwelling, every person, every situation, every condition, then we can be the one that brings forth the flow. No matter how blocked, troublesome, complicated, desperate, dark, closed it might be. But you see, Moses had something. He had that staff. Now what does that symbolize? The staff is the staff of absolute trusting. Have you been walking with that staff? You know, as you journey along the pathways of life, it's really good to have that staff to support you, stabilize you, supply you. And it's that instrument of absolute trusting in the law and the givingness of the divine allows you to touch any situation and evoke and to bring forth something higher and to stand in the high vision of everything. This is a God-saturated universe. Not some distant God or occasional God, but fully the divine. Even where things seem to be closed down and dense and unmovable, with that staff of absolute trusting, we touch that with the realization that God is there, good is there, ideas are there, abundance is there, healing energy is there. It's right there. And as we start doing that in our lives, we find we have what it takes to keep on with the journey. 
We have what it takes. And then we can keep walking in that Moses consciousness because every significant figure in the Bible is a facet of our own spiritual beingness. And so to activate that part of us which has the capacity to evoke the light, to stand as high witness to the love and the light and the power of God, even where it seems to be shut down, to, Im- to stand in that vision with confused people, angry people, embittered people, people who don't care about the world, who don't care about this or don't care about that, people who seem toxic, but yet you to be the one with the staff of a higher truth and a greater trusting that stands in high witness that God is there, well hidden perhaps, but God is there. And I stand in trust of that. And in the situations that seem like closed doors and where you thirst to stand with that staff of absolute trusting and to never leave home without it. (laughs) God is always here and everywhere. And I stand on that. That to me is something that's deeper and deeper, especially as the path gets challenging and the destination seems not to be too clear. You stand and you walk with that staff. Claim that for you. And put on that Moses consciousness and get on with it. Second thing that's deepening in my awareness is that is the realization, it's kind of like a motto, don't let ease get in the way of right. Don't let ease get in the way of right. Uh, sometimes we say within ourselves, well, okay, I'll get on with it as long as it's not too difficult or doesn't get too difficult. But, you know, that's really kind of the ace in our back pocket that we hold as a reason for us to bail when it does, to toss in the towel when the unexpected occurs or, or it gets difficult and challenging on our path. Sometimes the greatest things in our life, in our evolution as beings, cause us to walk through some challenging times. And to not go because we're afraid that we'll be challenged is to really be in counter-alignment with our life energy. Sometimes it gets difficult. It doesn't have to be. And I'm certainly not calling in struggle into my life or yours. And yet I think a mature spirituality understands that the real breakthroughs, the quantum leaps of our lives, dig us deeper cause us to dig deeper, uh, challenge us. And they can be difficult at times. But you see, now we've got the staff of absolute trusting to help us. It can touch that situation. And it can touch our own hearts and cause us to keep going. I'm reminded uh, of an analogy, I think I've shared it a long time ago, but it's of of salmon swimming upstream to spawn. And they have an innate uh, knowing that they shouldn't be swimming upstream in the easy parts of the river because those are the parts where there's a rock or some obstacle in the river that's impeding the flow and they're just going to bump into that. So instinctively, they choose to swim in the most fast-flowing, difficult current in the river, the most difficult ones, because they know that even though it's most difficult, that's where they're really going to make their progress. That's where they're really going to evolve. That's where they're really going to grow and get to that which they're, they're about. Isn't that a powerful lesson for us? Is, is to know that even if it's difficult, maybe that's because we're doing high-level work. And so it's not about bailing or resenting the difficulty, but saying, this is bringing out more of the greatness in me, more of the capacities in me. And so with my staff of trusting, I'm going to walk on. I'm going to walk on. 
very often in sort of a fluffy metaphysics, it's very often, don't get offended here, but it's very often uh, typical to pray, I want that and I want it with grace and ease. Well, now I'm all for grace because I know that's the wonder-working power of the divine in our lives, but I'm suspicious of the ease because I think that's a way that we say, I'm not really going to go forward or it's not going to work well for me or I'm not going to be blessed if it's not easy. If it's difficult, then, I'm, then I don't know if I'm up to it or I don't know if I'll be blessed. So, yeah, if it's easy, wonderful. But I still want to go for it and get on with it, no matter how it is. So for me, I pray not for grace and ease, I pray for grace and best. Or for grace and right action in my life. Because I want to get on with it. And I don't want to get stuck, and I don't want to fall short. And I don't want to uh, sell out or compromise. So don't let ease get in the way of right. And finally, it's ever so deeply clear to me that your heart is the portal to yes. Your heart is the portal. Now, uh, I think I would, could not come back here and speak after all these months, without laying at least one acronym on you. (laughs) So, for the YES, I'd suggest that it stands for your ever-expanding spirit. And your heart is the portal to your ever-expanding spirit. To stay anchored in your heart as you walk on with the trust, the staff of trusting, absolute trusting. As you even swim in the tough waters Stay in your heart. Stay in your heart. Dr. Ernest Holmes said, when we learn to trust the universe, we shall be happy, prosperous, and well. Oh, and I love it that uh, Goethe said, just trust yourself. Then you'll know how to live. Then you'll know how to live. You're already equipped with all the resources and the qualities, and they're becoming ever more expressed as you get on with it. Should get on with. That's why we are so much advocates around here of meditation and prayer. Because when you be still and know, you know yourself as more than this fragile being trying to protect everything as it is. You know that you're a dynamic center of spiritual light and love, that you're designed to grow and evolve, and that, that you have more capacities than you've even become aware of already woven within you. And it's to know that that's there. And you do that in the inner stillness. That's we teach it in all of our classes. Uh, Erica and I teach it in the meditation and prayer retreats, and we're still doing three of those a year through Mile High here. Got another one coming up in mid-November. A great way to deepen into meditation and prayer and the dialogue and the healing energy and the joy. They fill up mighty fast, so if you post-procrastinate, you're going to lose out probably. Get in those classes. Get in this retreat. Deepen into this. And your heart will open and you'll have the energy to to keep holding that staff of trusting. A great visual image for me of everything I'm talking about today is the chambered nautilus. And there's a picture of it here. You know, that's the shell. But at the very center of that shell, in that tiny speck, it began as a little organism creating a shell around itself. But it didn't stop. That became too tiny, and so it built another shell in perfect equal angular proportion. And then it would then build another compartment, bigger and more open to it expressing, and another, and another, and another, and another. 
never stopping. And the key thing is that the Nautilus always lived in the newest chamber. It never retreated back into other ones. It always lived in the new one and was about building yet another one. And I'm reminded of Oliver Wendell Holmes who wrote that great film, Building the, Build the More Stately Mansions. Oh, my soul, as the sweet rivers flow, the chambered Nautilus. And I think the lesson for all of us is life is about living in the freshest chamber of your heart. Always living in the freshest chamber of your heart. So today, gang, it's time to get on with it, right? Time to get on with it. Time to trust that, yes. Time to absolutely energize that staff of absolute trusting, to lean on it, to touch our lives and everything we encounter, everyone we encounter with it. Swim in the deep waters if that's where we get the greatest traction and keep our hearts open. So you're doing a survival dance or a sacred dance. It's up to you. But you are magnificent no matter what. I've asked Reverend Barry to lead us into a time of prayer. The beautiful song of his that I just absolutely love. I let my soul surrender to the spirit that's inside of me I let my heart fall open to this love that is setting me free in this sacred moment where I stop and taste the breath of peace I leave the troubles of this world behind and I rest in your amazing grace Move in me, great spirit Now I feel you in my heart In your presence I remember that we never have been apart As you settle in and open Oh, let that be our invitation. Move in me, great spirit. Cause me to not run from that which is complete. Cause me to hear the voice and the invitation to move along the paths of ever greater life. To let my light shine. Reflect upon that aspect of your life where you've realized it's time to get on with it. See it no longer as this frightening ride, but as glory, as an opportunity, as something your soul actually called forth that you might reveal more of your spirit. Now I invite you to visualize the staff, your staff, 
of absolute trusting. It may be almost as tall as you are. See it. See it all very clearly. Give it inner reality as an avenue for the power of absolute faith and believing, your staff of trusting. And feel the energy that fills you as you hold it. Oh yes, and imagine yourself now moving along the path upon which you are called. Not wavering, but walking solidly, leaning upon that staff of trusting. And knowing that everywhere you go and whatever you encounter, the abundance of the divine is ready to pour forth as your trust touches upon it. And so it's good to move. It's good to go. It's good to express, to heed the call. Now I bless you as you go forth with this staff of trusting and stand as high witness to the divine presence and the infinite givingness in all situations, conditions in this world, in the people of the world. One who doesn't forsake the vision of the great light in all, through all. And I know that as you walk in this awareness, the path ascends beautifully. All that is required is provided. Know that. And it feels good. Feel that. So good to be honoring your higher journey. Fear no longer in command. So I bless you as you go forth sturdy oaks of righteousness as it says empowered by the staff your precious staff of absolute trusting and I know you are blessed and provided for all along the way and it's good and very good we keep on walking together thank you spirit thank you divine love we give thanks for the good of God always ours and so we let it be and so it is Amen at the door for later and step into the silent smile when my cup is empty I'm filled to overflow with peace I know I have the kingdom in me on a journey that will never cease Move in me, great spirit, now I feel you in my heart. In your presence, I remember 
So it is. Thank you for listening to the Mile High Church podcast. This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners like you. If you'd like to make a donation, text 720-230-1404 or visit us at milehighchurch.org.